Good people. Peace. How you feeling? Feeling good, Riga. How you feel? Present, uh, grateful. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. <laughs> with Kariga and Felicia. And the listeners and Kamali. And Kamali, she is here. Pulled up to the session. She is all the way in it. And I'm, I'm <laughs> grateful that we are here together. Yeah. Kamali is here. She's actually in my lap. And she has a nap time approaching, but I don't anticipate that she will go there so mm. this is going to be a, a nice little uh, conversation that very much includes her and this affirmation that we're going to start with today it's actually on page 60 and it reads be patient with yourself it takes time and deep breathing to see the bigger picture mm. be patient with yourself it takes time and deep breathing you taking a deep breath today, Fee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. I, don't hold my breath. I'm not going to take a small one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be true. Yeah. To see the bigger picture. I, I, if you all could like see the picture right now, it is Felicia and I connected together to tell story, to come here, to leave room for reference of a journey. Mm-hmm. And this episode and this reference is so unique because I'm taking a deep breath and I'm looking at my family present at the table. And what brought us to this table to tell this story is when our arms used to feel empty. Mm. And so I make room today for what it feels like to have arms that are filled and a schedule that's filled and a demand on us that is present. I make room to receive that. Mm. And whatever deep breaths I have to take to navigate it. Because what brought us here was a feeling of empty arms. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to be honest with you. I still know that feeling. Mm-hmm. I still very much have that feeling. It's a very nuanced way to feel, right? Because I do have Kamali in my arms. But mm-hmm. somehow, I can still feel that emptiness. You're her mother. Right. You're her mother. I understand that for sure. But it, it but it, I mean, in terms of, you know, you loving, holding, carrying her, there's always a spot in her arms for you. Mm-hmm. Always a spot in your arms for her. Yeah. And without being able to feel that, it would make perfect sense to me that you can still feel that emptiness, right? Mm-hmm. And it, And being busy otherwise or being connected to the needs of your child that is here does not dissolve other needs. It just kind of fills your schedule. Mm-hmm. Man. But in the, in the moments when you get to take a deep breath and be present for you, not just for Kamali, you can feel all of it. Absolutely. You can feel all of it. And I, I even want to just acknowledge, because we are here for reference and I don't know if anyone else who has experienced pregnancy after loss and then had that child make it um, earthside. I I wrote about it briefly in a in an Instagram post, right? Where 
I'm trying to be very clear about how it is that I feel and make room for how it is that I feel. Because like you said, with her present and, and we, we can be busy, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't have, I haven't had the same amount of time to be still as I previously had with Kamayu. And <laughs> I have found that when those moments come up, the grief feels new again. Mm. Mm. Like last night we were talking mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out mm-hmm. what was September going to be for us? What What is Kamayu's birthday going to be? And Riga, I lied to you not like, and I know you could sense it because you know me, mm-hmm. but Kariga actually made room for where we were at and, and acknowledge that capacity may look differently. And hearing that angered me. More than being sad, it made me angry. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm mad about what this is. Even though I have Kamali here, I'm still mad that I have to try and figure out and, nav- and navigate what her birthday is going to be. And I wrestle with the idea if I'm, if I'm not showing up for her, like I would, if she were physically present, Mm -hmm. like I know she's not physically here, Mm -hmm. but I still want to make room like she's physically here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever feel like I've shortchanged her. It's unique to me altogether. What I'm sharing is the idea that we have to rehearse the knowings, Mm -hmm. the emotional, disjointedness we experience happens in our feelings or happens in my feelings that sometimes are informed by the knowings because the feeling in that moment is so difficult to be with because I can't compare the journey. I can only wait till time provides us more children, but growing up in a large family, I definitely understand difference in capacity. I know what birthdays look like. I know when we have time to plan. I know when we don't have time to plan. Mm-hmm. Mine is in January. It comes right after December. We're kind of all <laughs> celebrated out, really. That's how my birthday really? has always felt. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like a, it's nice. I just always take like, the undercurrent. I never really had big birthdays growing up because with eight brothers and sisters and holidays, <laughs> it just becomes a lot. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like my mom shortchanged me. Like she gave me what she could from where she could. Mm. Because you don't know Kamayu's wisdom or coming to learn it. She's giving you credit for how you show up every step along the way. It's not just birthdays that define your love for her. And I'd also like to submit to all parents that I don't think any of them remember their first or second birthday. Maybe their second. <laughs> we do this. We do these big things, right? And we do it for them, for us, for them, for them, and for us. Mm-hmm. It's how it's how we measure showing up for them. It's the memory. It's our memory. What I'm saying is, but look. yeah, you know, when you're old enough to 
go and look for yourself in those photo albums. Well, you know True. what? Kids ain't finna be looking in photo albums now. But <laughs> and I and I and I still don't have no proof of my first and second. You know what? It was too many kids. We Man, did, my, my first was birthday was popping. I have video footage. I have VHS I footage. I, we definitely didn't own a camcorder or one of the big old VHSs that had the whole tape inside of it. <laughs> it wasn't even a camcorder then. We didn't own one. But I'm presenting all these different layers of reality to let you know, Fee. She loves us and has grace for us and recognizes all that we're doing and honoring her and telling story and honoring her and writing books and honoring her and the schedule that comes with writing books and or albums and or podcasts and or interviews and film. We never let her go. She's always with us. She centers us in this space. We come to this place because of her. The way I show up in the community is because of her. The courage I have to stand with families in grief is because of her. The love that I have to stand with families in grief is because of her. Even when I'm intimidated, when a family experiences loss, because I know there's nothing I can do to change the feeling, Mm -hmm. I remind myself that there's nothing I have to say. I can serve. Service before saying. I know that because I don't care how eloquent of a speaker, what vocabulary they have. There's no words that can fill the void, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I rehearse these knowings and I'm grateful that she shows up for us. In fact, I want to, one, I want to acknowledge your courage for coming just how you come. That's (laughs) That's how it's supposed to be. Those feelings, those emotions, that's the reference for someone who's standing in the fog. You get what I'm saying? So thank you for your courage and thank you for your honesty. Thank you for making room for me to name it because I was feeling it. So I figure I'll just say it. As it pertains to saying it and, and, and Kamayu showing up for you and showing up for me, showing up for us. I want to talk about how I felt her show up for me this past weekend. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it then. What happened? Kamayu and Kamali's daddy opened up for Miss Erica Badu. <laughs> in San Francisco, hey. in the city. So check, shout out to her and the Lights On Festival. Yeah. That's actually what this uh, this event was. The, it's called the Prelude. So it's like the opening event to the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miss Loretta Brown. Was DJ Lowdown. Loretta Brown. Brown. I love was, that name. Oh, and, she, and she very much <laughs> is that. That's exactly who is actually spinning. It's not Badu. Okay. It's an it's an alter ego. But um the space was just I remember the energy, I remember the pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was different for me was Felicia wasn't on stage with me. Nope. As in the prior times before. I'm moving into a catalog that is told through the lens of being Kamayu's father. So I'm returning to some of my uh, solo catalog and creating new music. So I'm performing this music, right? Mm-hmm. And we play, the venue is August Hall in San Francisco. Beautiful venue, great sound. Shout out to the team. Mm-hmm. And I'll just start it here. From the very first part of my verse, the opening phrase, mm-hmm. I say, Memories, they don't live like the real ones do. I raise my glass, Ag, when I reminisce over you. 
that line, mm-hmm. I just felt it take off. <laughs> I felt like I was standing in the power of my truth, standing in the power of my story. I didn't shy away from it. I didn't try to become an entertainer, right? I didn't try to leave it all behind. I carry the wisdom and the lessons with me. Mm. And it's given me the courage to transform spaces differently than I've ever seen anyone do mm-hmm. and differently than I've ever seen before. Like to be able to, within one stride, make room for joy, love, grief, togetherness, belongingness, visibility. With the illest composition of DJ, keys, sax, and vocals, it was just... <laughs> I knew at that moment it was something I've never experienced. Mm. I felt it in the show from the very beginning. Like, oh, this is this is it. The venue was so on point with my sound check. Mm-hmm. And, and let's just say this as an artist. Anybody knows sound check can, one, it can tell you a lot about the show you're about to perform, okay? But it could also, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it can go really good or it can just be like, all right, we got to get through this. But even the way they were attentive to my sound and sound yeah, check. everything seemed like it was flowing really, really yeah. nicely together. Yeah. And the only difference that I could understand or see was Kamayu's role mm. in the music I tell, in the stories I tell. Mm. I felt so covered. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful show. Mm-hmm. Folks were felt. No, it was, it was a vibe. It, it was definitely a vibe. And it's a different composition of a show that we normally provide. And I say we, right? Like, because I'm usually a part of it. And I've been a part of the show since Hampton University, Mr. Pirate Pageant. Ah, true that. <laughs> true that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure we've talked about this before. Yeah, but that was actually me and Fee's first collaboration. Yeah. It was a. Uh... It was a his words, her melody piece. Yep. The first first evidence of his words, her melodies, where Kariga would spit his poems and I would play the keys to it. Piano. She was classically trained. Man, Hampton was such a good time. And we won best talent for that. We actually won best talent. I like to always say that. (laughs) Which was actually telling of the direction. Speaking of HBCUs, shout out to Hampton University. Yeah. And shout out to all the HBCU students who are the next generation of talent. And and big love to the folks that are investing in HBCUs. Mm -hmm. Right now, Target has this amazing design challenge where they're working with students at HBCUs Mm -hmm. um, to bring design to the collection. Mm -hmm. And you can check back on this process in February 2022, right, for Black History Month. Yeah. But we know that Black History is the year, the month, the state of mind. Absolutely. We're going to celebrate your legacy, invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. And visit target.com backslash black beyond measure to learn more. Shout out. <laughs> so we were talking about how I used to be a part of the show. And I'm still very much a part of the show. I'll say that. Yeah. But I've always been a part of the show. So this was really different for me. It was a treat to be able to sit on the sideline and see this new compilation of a show mm-hmm. that was absolutely fire. And I love how you mentioned the verse memories. They don't live. Oh my gosh. When that came on, so I had the opportunity to be backstage. And when the music was coming on, I was like, nah, nah, I can't be back here. I turned to everybody. I was like, I have to watch this from the front. So then I go down and I realize, oh, I got like that front, front row seat. 
Yeah, there's so, not even it literally there was no seats. There were but, no seats, but there was a seat in the front. So I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna sit down. I sit down. As soon as Kariga comes out and starts spitting that verse, I'm like, I can't contain it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was oh man. I I can very much feel what you were saying. I felt Kamayu there. It was a different experience insofar as I'm watching you perform as Kamayu's mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. And not as something like at the forefront of my mind, but something that I very much know and feel. Yeah. Know and feel and remember. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh it's just the affirmation today was that it takes time and deep breathing to see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even take a breath and think about the day I was gonna be on stage again. Right. Man. My grief made no room for me to want to share community in that way, share stage in that way, to be moved or to rehearse or any of those things, right? Mm-hmm. My grief didn't make room for this. And then the world was being redesigned and it wasn't a priority. I'll tell you this, like the show, the stage still wasn't even a priority, but I saw it as an opportunity to courageously speak to a time and a climate mm-hmm. because you know, now that we got to some level of shows and gathering, mm-hmm. so many folks in those audiences experienced their whole lives change, their world change. They lost loved ones. Yeah. They had to reconcile uh, employment and or unemployment and the toll that took mm-hmm. and the reimagining of family mm-hmm. and the partnerships that dissolved, right? All these things happened. So because I know this happened as a fact, I don't have to rush into show business as usual. Hmm. People are different and we can acknowledge that we've all grown in some capacity. So I took this show as an opportunity to check the temperature of the people. And it was profound, the level of emotional intimacy we were able to create in a packed, sold out show. (laughs) And you could move the crowd macro, right? Hands up and all the things that people enjoy and come to shows to do and feel the music. Any given place in the room, I can look directly into somebody's eyes and they were looking directly back at me. Mm. And it was tripping me out because I'm like, okay, maybe it's just this section. Maybe they're just feeling it over here. And I literally went to the other side and had the same experience. And then I looked up in the balcony, even through like the lights that, you know, it's hard yeah. to look up. And I saw somebody literally hanging a handkerchief over it, looking directly in my eye. And that level of emotional intimacy and connection in the audience was profound. Like, what gives me this power, this agency, right? Yeah. Who I've become, what I've learned about the human experience through grief, no one can tell me differently. And the message of love that I'm called to bring and the way that God preserved me have to remind each other that there's grace, that God has given us all this grace. But it's in the most non-conventional soundscape, right? <laughs> um, in one of the lyrics, I say, gospel not a genre, it's the truth where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to appease to a, 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 a genre. Right. The story transcends genre, right? I remember you could call people with means or otherwise are resourceful. They have connections. They problem solve. Mm -hmm. No one could do anything. 
right? No one can do anything about the grief I was experiencing. They couldn't take it away, but it didn't take my voice away. So when I came to the show, it was just big, y'all. The best way I can describe it, it was just like, it was big. Check my page for any of the recaps, my, mm-hmm. my personal mm-hmm. IG. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get to feel what that room was like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I remember someone commenting and just saying, I have never felt anything like that, mm-hmm. right? They came up to me after and just expressed it like, I don't know what that was. I'd have never seen you. I've never heard of the work, mm-hmm. but this changed me. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally, I'm trying to walk intentionally to like, you know, keep my distance, stay safe and debrief, but that the human being that would stop what they were doing to come tell me that. And knowing that we come here for reference. And that I was able to carry some of this to the stage. Yeah. I'm not surprised that that human being stopped. And much how you like to big me up for coming and being true and saying exactly how it is that I feel. You have, in a very beautiful way, articulated what grief is like, right? Mm-hmm in a way that I feel all of us can relate. And they may not have known that they were experiencing grief until that moment. And that's why they came and and said that to you. But you are creatively articulating a very human experience that is not easy to articulate because of how it feels. Mm. It's not comfortable and it doesn't feel happy all the time. But in those moments on that stage, I'm watching you and I'm feeling very happy and I know that I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the part that still that's the part that blows my mind, but that's the power of music, y'all. Mm. Like not just lyrics and songwriting, but the musical landscape of the story we told was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the harmonies and the melodies were so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the beats were so gritty and and so commanding. <laughs> and it just feels like the best of what's available Hmm. like it really feels like it's at a place where it's just efficiently uh, impacting Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i wore my baby bailey girl shirt (laughs) all right so y'all this was the first time i wore color on the stage in feels like years Hmm. i wore i traditionally just wore all black and I don't know. I just had the the desire to wear color. Mm. And it was challenging for me to break out of the convention of how I present because it makes getting ready easier. And anything that <laughs> is easier to get ready makes it easier for me to get to my next space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sound check or wherever else I have to be. Mm. So fashion and or expression hasn't been like a, an emphasis. Now, what I'm wearing when I wear all black is very intentional. There's always powerful. There's always powerful messaging. It's intentional, but it's just black and it's easy to go with. Mm-hmm. But this time I went for color. And now that I'm thinking about it after the fact, I'm like, oh, my season was changing. Mm-hmm. Right? The leaves on the tree don't remain the same color all year long. Right. The grass doesn't remain the same color all year long. Right. Many living things, as I know, 
um, they change in cycles. Mm-hmm. So there's me, a shedding, there's yeah, molting. Yeah. Shedding, molting. So there was some shedding that must have happened. Mm. If I know that grief is love and I know that I never let it go, I think I am arriving to that place in love that I don't leave and nothing can take me away from it. Hmm. Like love isn't afraid of my anger. Love isn't afraid of my pain. Like love is greater than that. So it's not even afraid of those things. And my, my music contains all of those things, all of those feelings. But love is the resounding message because love knows it's more powerful. It doesn't even compete. And I think that's the place in my being that I'm arriving to, like this irrefutable love. And I love it because it's coming from somebody that looked like me, mm. right? <laughs> and I just don't know if they get this type of message in anywhere else. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I um, I smile, and I kind of look up when you say that it comes from someone that looks like you, right? Mm-hmm. And how powerful that is, that someone like you have had the experiences that you've had in a black body and had to navigate the nuances associated with that, as well as being a man. Mm-hmm. And how easy it is to, I think, I, I, I don't want to project this on all, Black men and their lived experiences. But the ones that I've come across, it can very easily happen where you are stripped of your joy and stripped of your love. Mm. Because the circumstances that you live in don't make room for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. a very generalized statement, right? But I, I guess I'm speaking to those young Black boys that I've come across and seeing Korea mentor directly in D.C., in Philly, and in Oakland. And so it is powerful to me that you are able to stand where you are standing. You know, you talk about even wrestling with revenge. Those are one of the things that can strip you of that love. Absolutely. Rob you of that joy. Absolutely. And I tell people if they're interested in after they like the way the love feels, if they're interested in knowing where the message comes from, right? I know love as well as I do because I know what revenge feels like. I know what that all-encompassing feeling of just, I must, I must, I must, I must. I know what that feeling feels like. Do you think that is required? That something like that is required, that you have to have the juxtaposition of both to really understand that? I don't know if it's required. I know that love is a master teacher to all of its students and you will have experiences that may not be revenge. It, you know, for some, it may be a wrestle of another moral sort, right? Like doing the right thing when no one's looking or like choosing to do right by people. And if you fall into the convenience of doing what is best for you always first, it can become very challenging to put someone else first. Mm. So I think we all have different levels of sacrifice that it requires. Mm-hmm. Um, But how about this? Forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, right? But deliver from evil. 
like forgiving those who have trespassed against us, it's it's written in there because you will experience that humanity, right? Someone will someone will uh, reach to offend, someone will trespass. So to answer your question, I don't know if it has to be revenge, but you will have to, to know love in its fullest power, you will have to forgive someone who have harmed you. Hmm. Right. And that's just tough. But see what happens is we're going into this direction. <laughs> this so this is, a, this is a, this is supposed to be a recap, right? I know, and I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I like, make room for interrogation because I also I think it's important to to understand to peel back those layers to really understand love. Absolutely, absolutely. And and if you ever catch any of this, then it makes the music even that much more captivating because you understand the thought and the feeling and the lived experience that go behind writing the music. Right. So I appreciate your interrogation, um, <laughs> Dr. Fee, Mm-mm. but I'll also add that to move in a space in today's hip hop with such a clear intention on declaring our wellness, mm. it is unique to me uh, that I am able to touch the audiences and spaces that I am, but I want to just say very declaratively that I'm interested in working with folks who want to prioritize wellness. Like we've seen 511 rappers die this year. We saw even more past this summer from gun violence as far as the younger rappers. But those who we want to consider our pioneers, if you will, they're passing as well. And you realize it's like, man, we deserve to be well. And I'm not mm-hmm. waiting for somebody else in hip hop. I'm not waiting for somebody else outside of hip hop to tell me that that is now something we should focus on. Mm. I'll create the agenda and the time for myself because that is what my role is, mm. right? In this community, in this practice of hip hop is about our wellness, our ability to endure and tell the stories. So yes. it was also really powerful to be able to walk in there with a message of wellness and have it so well received. And folks feel that. So yeah, it was amazing. It was funky. It was, um, shout out to the sound. Sorry. The, I just want to shout out to to the sound that was on stage. Uh, Grand National was in the building. Yes. Monty was there. Brian Simmons Woo. with his left hand. His left hand name is Frank. Okay. Okay. His Frank left plays hand bass. plays the bass and it's named Frank. Y'all understand. So. <laughs> shout out to Rocky G. Yeah. Who was on the saxophone. Uh-huh. And, and Lauren on vocals. Lauren on vocals. And then special special guest appearing, Kevin Allen. <laughs> it was really like a... And Monty. Let's also... Yeah, it was... Special it was, guest to Monty. It was too. such a well-curated night. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and impact was had. Yeah. And folks experienced the light. It was. And folks actually experienced soul affirmations. So I read an affirmation right. on stage. This is the ill part, like hip hop. Right. Close with an affirmation. Nah, for your affirmation, we affirm. And okay. folks really <laughs> wanted to get their hands on this book during the show. Yeah. So I came with a few extra copies. Yeah. They might even be listening to today's podcast. They like, you might. know, I was one of the people who got that book. <laughs> if that happens to be you, big ups to you. And thank you for building this community with us. Mm. Thank you for creating uh, spaces for us to tell these stories that can really transform and shift culture. Shift lives, mm-hmm. right, and draw us all nearer to the light. Mm. Um, shout out to Grandma Joyce, <laughs> Grandmommy, for coming down and babysitting. Felicia's mom came down to yep. babysit, so we can actually 
go to the show together. Yeah. And that meant everything to me. Yeah. So. And I'm I'm glad I did. I had a good time, but I, I can't lie. I could not wait to get back to Kamali. <laughs> I have never in all my life wanted to get home so soon. Isn't that wild? It was the most unique thing. <laughs> I don't know what that feeling is. It man. was legit one of the- to get back. I mean, post-pandemic anticipation, like the show was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And usually we have a whole after show kick it. Mm-hmm. This way it's always going. Right. We used to do uh, after, after eats. Yeah. We'd always go somewhere and eat together. Yeah. We got a grub, got to talk about it, got to laugh about oh, it. No more. And <laughs> all we wanted to do was get back to Kamali. Yeah. So shout out for the deep breaths that give us capacity to change moment by moment. Fee, thank you for having the courage to share what you shared to get us here. A shout out to the good folks at Live Nation Urban for inviting me to the show. Mm-hmm. Big love and shout out to Miss Badu for having us on the show. Mm-hmm. 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 And big love to every attendee that wasn't afraid to take the journey into love. That was huge. Yeah. I was looking for an affirmation to close, and I think I will select this one on page 22. I've been granted grace and abundance and favor follows me. The greatest mathematician still could never count my blessings. Mm. Say that again, please. I've been granted grace and abundance and favor follows me. Yes. The greatest mathematician still could never count my blessings. I've been granted grace and abundance and Kamayu's love follows me. Hmm. I like that. That's how I'm feeling. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. Kariga and Felicia. And the space y'all create. Today, I hope you can hear just the deep love and sincerity that I have, that we have, that you let us come here and tell a story in this way. Mm-hmm. And we hope that the story we tell helps create belongingness for all of us um, so we can love more abundantly. Thank you to our team for making this possible. Big love to Cody and Tommy Oliver, mm-hmm. our executive producers, mm-hmm. our producer, Crystal Hill. Mm-hmm. May we all continue to love more abundantly on this journey. And until we come here again, thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace.